Hi everybody and welcome back to NeuroQual. I am Dr Charlie Whiffin and today I am joined by Associate Professor Ronnie Batikulan and we're going to be talking a bit about his experience of qualitative research or move to qualitative research and the current project he is working on. All right, so um, thank you so much for joining me today to record um, a podcast for NeuroQual. Um, I'm joined today by Professor Ronnie Batulipan. Um, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the current research project you're working on? Uh, hello, Charlie. Uh, thank you for inviting me here today. Uh, I'm Ronnie E. Batikulan. Uh, I describe myself as three things. I'm a pediatric neurosurgeon, I'm an associate professor, and I'm a writer. So uh, uh, in my work, as a pediatric neurosurgeon, I'm from Manila, Philippines. So I, I work at the National University and the National University Hospital, which is University of the Philippines, Manila, and Philippine General Hospital. So in my work, because I, I think I am as close as you can get to an academic neurosurgeon in the Philippines, mm -hmm. uh, there are probably only a handful, not a lot of us. Uh, but, but because of my work being involved in the academe, I'm, I am actively involved in research. Uh, my, my research interests are mainly in the fields of global neurosurgery, pediatric neurosurgery, and medical education. So currently, my, 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 my most important research project to date is trying to describe the state of neurosurgery in the Philippines uh, when it comes to the workforce and describing access to care. So tell us a little bit about that project a bit more about that project because that's how we got in touch and started so started talking about p possible qualitative approaches so kind of why how and why did you first become interested or aware of qualitative research mm -hmm. uh to be honest uh, i am actually a late bloomer in research i mm -hmm. didn't get to publish my first paper until i was a junior consultant so, so I, I, when I was a trainee, a resident, a fellow, I, I never got anything published. It was quite unheard of, honestly, to be uh, during my time as a trainee to be able to, to publish or to, to see your name in PubMed. But then uh, in 2016, I got to meet colleagues in Uganda, uh, colleagues from the United States who were actively involved in global neurosurgery research uh, through the Harvard group. Uh, the, uh, so... Uh, and then it got me involved in, 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 in different papers, first trying to estimate the burden of neurosurgical disease, uh, trying to see the burden of pediatric neurosurgical disease or the, the, the uh, epidemiology of CNS infections, all those sort of things. Mm. And, and while I was working on the, those projects, I realized that most of them involve basic numbers. So mm. these are mainly quantitative studies, trying to yeah. figure out how many traumatic brain injury cases are seen in this country, in this part of the world? Is it different in low-income countries, middle-income countries, high-income countries? Uh, that sort of thing. And how many neurosurgeons are in this area? Where do you need more neurosurgeons? Where do you need more pediatric neurosurgeons? If you're a pediatric neurosurgeon, how many cases would you need to do in kids for you to be able to say you're a pediatric neurosurgeon? Mm -hmm. So while I was working on these papers, I realized that uh, numbers are not enough to tell the whole story. Mm. Numbers are never enough, I realized, to tell the whole story. So, for example, looking back at my experiences as a neurosurgeon in the Philippines, 
So for example, uh, I, I would be able, if, if I do a quantitative paper, I would be able to tell you the average time it takes for a patient with head injury to get to the hospital or mm. the number of hours it takes for that patient to get a CT scan, the number of hours it will take for that patient in the time of injury to get the actual surgery that he or she needs. But then that's not the whole story. Mm. You to be able to really make, to, to be able to draft interventions, create interventions that will shorten those critical times, you need to find out why. Why are the patients getting to the hospital late? Why are the patients getting their scan, CT scans late? Why are the patients not getting the surgeries that they need? So, so I realized that to be able to, to implement uh, solutions, you need to delve deeper. Uh, you need to, to it, you, I was trained, being in the University of the Philippines, I've always been trained to look at things from a systems perspective. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not enough to know the numbers. Uh, mm. You have to figure out, you have to keep asking why, 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 <laughs> why, 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 why did this patient come late to the hospital? Did they have an ambulance to bring them? They, if they had a car, did they have uh, money to pay for gas? Was there traffic along the way? Was there an <laughs> accident along the way? All those sorts of things. So yeah, so that's it. So it was really just my uh, realizing that, that uh, to be, for me to be able to uh, make recommendations that will actually be useful, mm -hmm. I needed to ask why. That's really helpful reflection. I, I really like what you said about that, you know, numbers are never enough. And yet most of the, of the usual kind of training in research is heavily positivistic around, you know, the quantitative. And that's really what's been leading, and rightly so, but lead, leading neurosurgery in, in around what works. So, you know, you said that you kind of come more around to like the why and, the, and thinking about the context. So when we start thinking about your current project, you know, why did you want to, and why did you want to put qualitative specifically in that, that project? Because have you done qualitative research before? Or is this your kind of first main, you know, major qualitative um, uh, study? This would be my first hardcore real qualitative project. <laughs> I love that, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's not hard? What have you done before? There was kind of softer, maybe. And why do you, why do you think this is hard? So I'm saying my previous research project. So, so for example, uh, we during at the start of the pandemic, I led a, a team of university. Uh, I, I led a team of medical students, and we wanted to figure out what are the barriers to online learning mm. in the Philippines okay. at the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Because you know the Philippines is a social, it's the capital of social media in the world. We have the highest number of social media users, but we knew that there were several barriers to online learning. The sudden shift from from face to face to online learning, and I suppose most of that study still involved numbers. So we mm -hmm. asked uh, how many hours they spent before studying online, whether they had computers, whether they had cell phones, whether they had tablets, but. At the end, we asked them, so uh, what do you think are the barriers? So there, we, we, I, we had open-ended questions in that right. questionnaire. But uh, I just felt that, that uh, when we were analyzing the data, I said, we, 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 if only we actually had the resources and the time 
we could have explored this further. Mm. So, and so when, when, when I started working up this, planning this current project, so again, this is about trying to analyze or, or describe the state of neurosurgery in the Philippines. Uh, it would entail uh, acquiring quantitative data. So for example, the number of neurosurgeons, number of operations, uh, but we also wanted to find out uh, how do we improve access to essential neurosurgical care in the whole country? Mm. So you see the Philippines, it's, it's got over 7,100 islands. Uh, the neurosurgeons are distributed. Uh, there's unequal distribution of neurosurgeons. Most are concentrated in the city centers. And if we really want to figure out why some Filipinos are not getting the, the, the operations that they need, then we need to try to understand uh, the environment, the context uh, that makes it easy or difficult for the neurosurgeons to uh, help the patients that, uh, that, that, that need neurosurgical care. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that was really just the, the, the impetus for me. Uh, I just felt that if to truly give justice to this project, uh, being a very important one, uh, I would need to put in a qualitative arm to it. And, and simply just adding open-ended questions in a survey would probably not uh, give us the answers that we need. You know, given, given that our target on uh, respondents are neurosurgeons who probably have very little time to, to answer a survey on a mobile phone or a computer who would probably rush off the time, no comment, something yeah. like that. So, of course, I, 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 I didn't want to have that uh, problem later on when I'm analyzing the data. So I said, yeah. hey, I want to do this right. So I <laughs> uh, will need a qualitative arm to this study. And don't you think, like, it's funny, as a researcher, when I've supported people, or I, I sit on quite a few ethics committees, and you see, you know, quantitative questionnaires, and then this kind of desperate kind of desire to get these open-ended questions answered for this, for this depth, and I know as a respondent, I hardly ever fill out those open questions with any depth at all, if I answer them at all. <laughs> like the whole point of a questionnaire is it's fast, it's snappy. Yes, yes, no, no. Any other questions? No. And you move on. Whereas, you know, I like your idea of, you know, getting people together and, you know, you've got, you have a, you know, you have a fixed audience, don't you, when you're doing an interview, they're not going anywhere for an hour. So you can actually dig down in the detail, you can unpack their, you know, the, the why question and find out a few more kind of stories behind, you know, particular behaviours or particular experiences. So do you want, I mean, do you want to say a little bit more about the methods that you've chosen? Because I don't think you haven't chosen interviews, have you? I think you've chosen focus groups. Is that Was that right? So I just wanted to give a comment about the open-ended questions in questionnaires. Yeah. So I, I mean... I've been writing online since I was a medical student. So that's been over, that's been two decades at least. And you know, since I got used to writing for an online audience, I know for a fact that the average attention span of an internet viewer, somebody who's answering or reading something online is between 500 to 800 words. You'd be very lucky Mm. for them to, to read past 500 words. So. Uh, and you're right. Most of the time, you're, you, the open-ended questions come at the end, and you really just want to submit, hit the submit button. 
So you know, for 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 something like this, uh, I I said I I would probably need to do something more. So for this project, what we do? So aside from a, an online survey or questionnaire, uh, we've chosen to do focus group discussions uh, with Filipino nurses. So there will be uh, four four sets of focus group discussions, possibly more if we feel there are really more people interested. And the idea is that. Uh, it, it's really more like a, a friendly chat among colleagues and trying to discuss collectively mm. uh, our, our national situation. And because I'm sure, mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, all Filipino neurosurgeons do want, the reason why uh, we're here, I mean, they're, just to give you an idea, they're all, the, the neurosurgeon population ratio in the Philippines is somewhere between 1 in 700,000 and 1 in 800,000, right? So the ideal is one in 100,000. Some are even mm -hmm. saying one in 67,000. Yeah. So we need, I say, if you've got the number of neurosurgeons in the Philippines now, you need to multiply it at least 10 times to reach yeah. that ideal number. And so as I've said, uh, for, for this paper, I've chosen a fo the focus group discussion uh, as a method because I, 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 I think this is, a time for us to collectively discuss, just talk amongst ourselves and try to have a chat about uh, what we think we could do uh, individually and as a group to be able to help our uh, uh, the, the Filipino citizens more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, again, the challenge here is how to get six or seven neurosurgeons to <laughs> to uh, one hour, a mutual uh, common hour, uh, and probably an hour and a half of their time. So uh, there, there, will probably, there will probably be birthing pains, but I'm willing to go through all that. <laughs> but then again, I think with qualitative research, when you, well, it's like any research, if you're doing something that people care about, you know, there's a, there's a, a research question that people are interested in, that's how you recruit, because people are invested in the subject area. So if they think it's important, they'll find an hour for you to sit in a room with colleagues. And what's nice about a focus group is you're kind of, you're not on your own as a participant. You can, there's a, there's a, there's not many benefits to taking part in research and certainly in qualitative, we don't pay people, you know, generally speaking. So, but the opportunity to maybe meet with your peers and talk about a topic that you're really interested in, in the hope that it's going to help, you know, improve practice or make recommendations. That's really valuable. That's the cash value, if you like, of taking part. Um, but focus groups are you, great. You, you make a good point there. Sorry. You make a good point there. Uh, because when, when we were trying to uh, plan the study protocol for this research project, we were asking ourselves, so what incentive do we give uh, to those who will participate in uh, the focus group discussion? And the president of the society said, no, this is important. The people will participate out of their goodwill. And, and you know, when uh, I was reflecting on, so if I were a nurse surgeon practicing in, in a rural area or somewhere in the Philippines, what would be in it for me? Why would I want to participate in, in this focus group discussion when I could very well be just operating or, or trying to earn money elsewhere? So trying to do my job. And I realized that, number one, it, as I've said, it, it, choosing to become a neurosurgeon here in the Philippines really entails a lot of sacrifices for us mm -hmm. to pursue neurosurgery, to stay 
to stay here in the country as neurosurgeons when there are many other opportunities elsewhere. I think you really just have to have the heart in you to deserve. And you know, in the long term, if there's better neurosurgical care for all, then that would benefit our loved ones, our families, our kids, our grandkids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the situation might be not ideal now, but if we do something like this, if we identify the solutions now, then things will be definitely much better in the years to come. So I suppose it, it, it's not a direct benefit. Uh, it's not a direct benefit, but there will be a lot of indirect benefits. Mm. And, and uh, I'm not taking the easy way out for this. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, I'm choosing the, the, the more difficult path that will give us the answers that we need. Mm. But, then the, but the more difficult path leads to richer rewards. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the same in life, isn't it? <laughs> um, so what knowledge, given that this is your first like, hardcore qualitative research, what knowledge and skills did you need to develop your qualitative protocol? Uh, as I've said, I, I, I am nowhere near an expert in this. I, I am a newbie. Uh, I'm an entry-level qualitative researcher, <laughs> if you could if you set a label. But uh, I... I I did, I, I, did, uh, I did do my research, <laughs> so I had to read up. Uh, mm -hmm. I had to read up. Uh, I read several uh, qualitative papers in neurosurgery. Now that there are a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 and then uh, uh, because I'm also, as I've said, I'm also interested in medical education. There are a lot of qualitative papers in medical education. Mm -hmm. So I... I, 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 I I, I, I'm mostly self-taught, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I'm mostly uh, because as I've said, I, I, uh, I, I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a PhD. Uh, all the research I'm doing is on the side. Part of my work is in, in the university. Uh, I haven't found the time. I'm not sure if I will ever find the time to, to pursue this additional research degrees. But uh, it's, it's really just investing <laughs> investing in, in trying in looking for papers that I think will be helpful and I suppose what skills knowledge I think it's more discipline it's discipline more than anything in the meantime uh, I, uh, I'm learning by doing and asking advice uh, I'm learning by, by doing and asking advice uh, I'm just I suppose I'm lucky now uh, because uh, you know with, with, with the with the internet and Twitter and LinkedIn and, and collaborative projects all around the world with the momentum for global neurosurgery, it's so easy to connect now and ask for help from mm. people with the same interests and for people who are from people who are happy to help to give to, to give time mm. to, to people like me uh, who, mm. who who are in this space of exploring. Uh, different research methods just to be able to come up with quality work. Yeah. But I, uh, I so think... with regard to skills, uh, uh, it, it, it's mainly discipline and patience, I suppose. It's mainly discipline, patience, attention to detail. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I would have to say, uh, I think curiosity is very important. Mm. Uh, if you're a qualitative researcher, you have to stay curious. Yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, you always have, there, there, you, have, you always need that element of wonder. Mm. 
it, it's good to never be satisfied. You need to never be satisfied. So, <laughs> so, uh, so it, it's, it's, as, as I said earlier, it's really about asking a series of whys. Mm. So asking a series of whys. It's never stopping at five hours or and 10 resurgence or three patients. And I think, but I think with qualitative research, there's that, there's that, that inquiry mind, which I, which I think is, is true of all researchers, you know, or, or you know, academics that want, that want to pursue research. But I think in qualitative research, there's, a, there's more of a position of, of humility. You know, it's that sense of, I, I actually don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And I, you know, there's a, that really, that, that's, that kind of links in with your kind of, that curiosity. Well, if you don't know what's happening, I need to go and talk to some people about it. Let's find out. Let's go and ask those questions. Um, and I think when you, when you compare that to quantitative research, quite often you go into that quantitative, that study kind of knowing, you know, you, you always start with your hypothesis. This is what I think is going to be, this is what I think the data is going to tell me. And in qualitative inquiry, you don't do that. You think, well, I, I don't know what the data is going to tell me. I'm going to go and find out. And I love that, you know, that, that and, and that's why it's so amazing speaking to, you know, spending time with people and people allowing you into their world and, and their worldview and how they, and, and trying to see how, how they see things um, and capture that and try and represent that. Um, so I think that's, I think that's really, it can be really, really powerful. <clears throat> And I suppose it also has to do with human beings being very complex. Yeah. We, we are complex beings. Uh, yes. We're never black and white. And, <laughs> I mean, quantitative studies are, are, are nice because they, they all fit very nicely. You have this number. You're either above this number or below this yeah. number. You have distribution and percentages. But in truth, human beings, are, they, we never fit in exact boxes. Mm. We never fit in exact boxes, and, 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 and there's there's always a lot more to us. And, and, and I suppose if you're trying to understand systems, mm. if, uh, so for example, my field it's global neurosurgery, uh, improving access to neurosurgical care, uh, improving uh, the delivery of uh, important health services, trying to figure out what's making people stay, what's making people leave or trying to understand why are these people living longer? Why are these people uh, dying early even though they have a treatable disease? Right, so uh, to be able to truly understand, to be able to try to come up with, with, with a solution if there's ever an exact solution to that. You, mm. you, uh, I think you could only do that with a qualitative study. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to pick up on something that you said earlier about, you know, your knowledge and skills and that the need to be self-taught. And I think in that that's the same for so many people. And I remember the, you know, the interviews that I did for um, the um, qualitative study on um, neurosurgeons experiences of doing clinical research. And they all said that, you know, we, we have our training and then anything extra, you have to learn by yourself. You learn by the internet or you learn by reading other people's papers. And I think one of the, and, and I, I would suggest this in any, in any research endeavor, that you, know, you find a, a good manuscript, you know, a good study that looks similar to the sort of thing you want to do. And then you, know, you can build a protocol to reflect the elements of that paper and, 
and what somebody else did because you kind of have a template and that can be really useful. And, and like you said, that really good advice about reaching out to people. Um, and most people I've ever reached out to, they're so desperate to talk about their research or to help you with your research. They're generally really generous and, and, and excited by, by what you're doing. So I think that's really good advice. So um, have you got any other, um, any other advice for neurosurgeons that um, might want to conduct a qualitative research, qualitative study? Be brave. <laughs> uh no no seriously uh uh as i've said uh i have to tell you uh i i feel that many 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 young researchers or young neurosurgeons uh because we've been exposed to uh quantitative studies too often and we're more familiar for example with how uh quantitative studies are written uh, which, uh, how, how to publish a manuscript with quantitative data, because that's what we more often see. And even when we do peer reviews, we are we're more often uh, exposed to doing peer reviews for papers with quantitative studies. And, and as I said, it, it, it's the comfort of knowing, oh, this is how you do it. You look at the b mm -hmm. you look at that, and then look at the numbers. Uh, somehow engaging in qualitative research is like walking into the unknown for many of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it, it's treading new ground and in a way it's frightening but that's also what makes it exciting mm. uh, I mean uh, trying out new things uh, so my advice uh, is what I've been doing I've been, I, 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 it's really very important I think to find a mentor uh, to look for people who would be able to help you in your research project so the way I do it is uh, I, I, I Twitter has been very helpful for me. Uh, and of course, my colleagues in international organizations like WFNS, Young Neurosurgeons Forum, uh, whenever I see uh, recruitment materials, so for example, people looking for uh, uh, neurosurgeons or whoever who could help them with their studies or for participants in their studies, uh, I don't just answer the surveys or I don't just uh, or I don't just uh, respond to the, the questionnaires. I usually try to engage in a, in a conversation. And, and I realize that, that as you were right, many people are, would love to talk. Uh, so so, so you, I would love to talk about what they do and share. So mm. the world is a lot more generous than we think. Mm. The world is a lot more generous than we think. And, and I, I'm not sure if it has to do, for example, with the... With, with, with a divide between the global north and the global south, because uh, we researchers from the global south, most of the time, we feel that we're we're too shy, for example, to to engage in conversation. We feel that we are inferior, uh, that such that we 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 are, we are afraid to share or to ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we fear, for example, that oh, this question might be too stupid if I ask this. And 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 admittedly, sometimes, admittedly, sometimes, uh, the, there's a lot of power play that comes into it, mm. uh, and there's there's a lot of power imbalance that's coming. In. And of course, that's a different converse conversation. But uh, so it's it's important for you to be, I don't know, just just there, uh, trying new things, uh, and because it, just believe that. The study you're doing is important. 
Mm. And, and, and uh, if you know the value of the work that you're doing, uh, and, 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 and you know, you just have to ask yourself, uh, is, is a qualitative study the best uh, method that will help me get the data, that I, uh, the, the answers that I need? Uh, and just go do it. And just go do it. Uh, of course, I'm a newbie, so it's really, <laughs> it's really brave of you saying that, but to say that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I think just <clears throat> being, being brave, being bold, trying different mm-hmm. things, reaching out, um, and, you know, expand your methodological mind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, no, I think there's, there's some real benefits to pay, ultimately to patient care from, from qualitative research. So I have just, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Sorry. 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 Yeah. So it, it all boils down to, uh, to your why. I mean, to, to why are you doing that project? Uh, why are you doing this paper? Why are you doing this research work? What are, what's your ultimate goal? Uh, and, 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 and there, there will be there will be projects where a quantitative data would suffice, mm-hmm. but uh, I, in 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 something, uh, there are really again there are projects such as the one I'm engaged at. I think where a qualitative study is only the way to go, and and don't take shortcuts. I suppose. No, so, that's yeah, that's really good advice. <laughs> so don't take shortcuts. So yeah. uh, I, I'm an, I've always been an all or none person. Uh, so, so I either uh, give it my best shot or I don't do it at all. So I mm. suppose that's one. Of the, that's the reason why I'm bravely engaging quantitative <laughs> the first time. And then I think actually that's a really good point because a lot of qualitative research takes time, and you know you have to go the long way round. And actually, that's very different than just banging out a quick survey. You know, it's like it's like the slow cook of, you know, but the, the richness comes from that slow cook, from that, you know, that long investigation. Um, and that can be, that can be difficult to commit to sometimes. So um, no, I think that's, that, that's why, very wise words. Um, but thank you so much for, for doing this podcast with me. I think it's been amazing. I've loved chatting with you. I could spend the rest of the afternoon here, I'm sure. Um, so have you got anything else that you'd just like to say before we finish the recording? Uh, so again, thank you so much, Charlie, for this chat. Uh, my 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 final words for for those young researchers, whether you're a nurse surgeon or a medical student or whatever field you're in, uh, just do it. <laughs> uh, believe in the impossible. Uh, believe in the impossible. Uh, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Uh, we we worked on we worked on projects together and I'm really looking forward to uh, working with you some more. Brilliant. Thank you.